Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Josh Centers, the managing editor of Tidbits, and he also works with Take Control Books. You'll also hear from Jeff Gamet from the Mac Observer. Front and center will be discussions about Apple's finances. They weren't too impressive, and iPhone sales are supposedly down this quarter. What's going on? All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So we bring on Josh Centers, managing editor of Tidbits and author of some Take Control books. And the key discussion this week is Apple and the roadblocks they're hitting in terms of selling product. Ahead of the announcement this past Tuesday about their quarterly financials, there were reports in the supply chain that Apple had cut back orders of iPhones rather severely. Now, we've heard that before, and it turns out not to be true. This case, they had it right. So have the prognosticators figured out how to read the supply chain? Maybe. You know, they certainly seem to be right in this case. Although, you know, the old saying, a broken clock's right twice a day, you know, could be a case of that. We'll just have to see how this keeps developing over time. If they keep calling it correctly, then yeah, I'd say... Uh, they found the right sources. They've uh, found the secret sauce or whatnot. T- time will tell. They must have listened to Tim Cook when he said you can't just take a few supply chain metrics and get an entire picture about sales. So evidently they surveyed more, I guess. Or they just got it right. As you say, you know, a stop clock is right twice a day unless it's a 24-hour clock. Let's just put it in perspective. Whenever we hear that Apple is not meeting sales goals or is as we see now, potentially losing sales for this quarter, the critics will say the sky is falling. Apple's day in the sun is over. But that's a little overwrought, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the big picture, you know, they're still making money hand over fist. They're still, you know, even if just barely, even though the iPhone, it was a bit distressing to see it. The sales had only grown by less than 1%. They still sold almost 75 million iPhones in, in the first quarter of 2016, their 2016. That's still <laughs> a lot of iPhones. I think most companies would be more than happy to be selling 75 million of anything in a quarter. Well, that's true. And also, Apple is selling more expensive gear than other companies. Right. Well, and the other thing to consider, too, is that in quarter four of 2015, when the uh, 6S and 6S Plus were released, they had enormous amount of growth in the iPhone year over year. It was like something like 36%. You know, to have such explosive growth in one quarter, you know, and then very small growth in the next quarter. I mean, unless it's just a continuing trend, I wouldn't worry too much. You know, it might just be a case of everyone who wanted to get their iPhone got it in that fourth quarter. You know, something to consider here as well is that here in the United States where, you know, we saw, what, a 4% drop in revenue, uh, you know, for Apple in the, you know, in this quarter. You know, here in the United States, a lot of carriers have dropped the contract model. I think you can still get one, but, you know, that's really not what they're pushing anymore. They're you pushing- can't at AT&T. They dropped it a week or two back. Right. And, and they're kind of ahead of the pack on this, right? You know, so for a lot of people, you know, you look at the buy-in price. There's no subsidy. It's like $649. 
you know, so the option I think most people are probably taking is the are these different leasing options, and and all the carriers plus Apple have them. Uh, you know, basically pay a monthly fee for your phone, and you know, as a separate deal. So you know, one of the things to consider here is that you know the prices, you know, the initial buy-in price is no longer one ninety-nine; it's it's six forty-nine without the contracts, and so. Quarter one, twenty sixteen, that encompasses encompasses the Christmas gift giving season. So you know, if you're going to buy a a present for somebody, you know, a, a two hundred dollar phone doesn't seem that extreme, I think, for most people. But then if you look at like a six hundred dollar phone, that's a lot more. And then you combine that with all these different leasing programs that team, you know, all the carriers have, and Apple even offers. It's really more of a lease to own sort of deal, but you look at those, and you know it's it's likely that most people who wanted a new iPhone signed on to one of these programs, you know, in quarter four, twenty fifteen, when the six S and six S Plus were launched. So I mean, really, I think what we probably saw there was a shift. We saw a shift from huge Christmas sales to more huge sales in the product is launched because. You know, even though the phone up front, at least in theory, is more expensive, you know, and people love monthly payments for the most part. People don't like to pay for things up front. If they can factor into their monthly budget, that's what they'd rather do. And that's what companies like, too, because it means more consistent revenue. So, you know, if you look at the big picture, I think that's what we saw there. So I'm not too worried about the iPhone. Well, the other thing is here is how much can Apple improve it to make it attractive by a new one? Now, obviously, when Apple went to the larger handsets, that was a big deal. But now it's the second year of that. And if you got a good iPhone and it works fine, what is the incentive to buy another one? 3D Touch? Hmm. I mean, yeah, they may not seem like huge improvements, but look at what a phenomenal quarter four 2015 they had. You know, this this was very clearly a very popular iPhone, even if tech pundits such as ourselves didn't see a ton of change. You know, you have to consider a lot of people are still on iPhone 4, 4S, uh, iPhone 5, 5S. So to them, it's a huge upgrade. You know, I have a friend who just now upgraded from an iPhone 4 to, to I think, a 5 or a 5S. <laughs> he was pretty happy with that. So, you know, not everyone's as, as up-to-date as, as we are. What about the 4-inch, the rumors of a 4-inch model coming up? Yeah, I, I've heard this rumor that, well, it's going to be the uh, the 4SE, I think. And uh, the, the rumor is it's going to come out in March. You know, I suppose that's possible. And maybe they're doing it in March to, to placate the investors uh, to give them some kind of reassurance and, you know, boost things. And uh, it'll be quarter two, 2016. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's possible. I know I, I do see Apple releasing a smaller phone because there's just too many people who, who don't like the bigger phones. But I don't think the big phones are going away. I mean, they've been incredibly successful. But, you know, I think Apple has to look at the entire market, you know, and if, you know, if the bigger phones bring a lot of people in but also push some people away, then I think they do have an incentive to at least put out a budget-priced smaller phone. Now, this would be the equivalent of today offering the iPhone 5S from a couple of years back, and people don't want to buy a two-year-old phone, so now you might get a new one. The other designation, instead of being the 5SE, I heard of it being called the 6C, I guess for compact? Well, you know, the thing thing I read was like it was going to be the 5SE, and it was going to be like a mix of iPhone 5 technology and stuff from the iPhone 6. And that was, I believe, Mark Gurman at 9to5Mac, who's usually pretty good by these things. But you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't give a lot of regard to rumors. We'll just wait and see if that's what Apple announces. Well, I can see the need for it. I know that our friend Kirk McElhern didn't buy an iPhone 6. He bought an iPhone 6S because 
he was uncomfortable with the larger phone. He's not the only one. I look at my wife who has an iPhone 5C, and she's eligible for an upgrade, but she hasn't considered getting one at this point, you know, mostly because of the fact that she doesn't use it that much. But if a new phone was being offered, she'd want something smaller because the 6S, the 6S Plus are too big for her. You know, it's hard enough to get the other one in her purse. Right. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I know Tanya Inks here at Tidbits and Take Control. She doesn't like the larger phones. But then, you know, my wife, you know, we've we've talked about what her next iPhone will be. And I, I think she's leaning toward a plus model. So you know, I guess it just depends on your individual needs. You, you know, I personally, I think I'll probably go for a plus next time just because the six is just big enough to be awkward. But it's it's. It doesn't offer all the advantages of the plus, you know, and sort of my thought is if you're going to go big, you know, you might as well go, you know, go all the way there. Although if there is a smaller iPhone, I mean, just depending on the technology involved, uh, that might be compelling as well. You know, so this is one of the things we'll have to see, you know, and, and one of the things too, you know, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to Mark Gurman on this, you know, he's, he's a pretty good prog- forecaster of these things. But, uh, you know, just, it's one of the things I like to say to people all the time, just because Apple is experimenting with something just because Apple's thinking about something doesn't mean they'll do it, right? You know, I mean, I'm sure they have all sorts of different sizes and shapes of iPhone in the lab somewhere, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll go through with it and launch it. True enough. We've got more to come with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shot for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issue and company and other factors not available in all states. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Hey guys, Pat Matthews here to tell you all about the newest and best way to sell your products online. It's BuySellMakeOffer.com, a brand new site to sell your stuff online. Your old golf clubs, sports equipment, tools, and yes, even your car. Forget about the other guys. BuySellMakeOffer.com will never charge you item fees. Go to the website now and sign up so that you can soon load all your stuff up to sell. This is not an auction site. Just use our resources along with Skype and videos to sell your items quickly and with no fees. Go right now to user-friendly BuySellMakeOffer.com where the first 30 days are on us. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Before we continue, I want to remind you that we have another way of hearing this show. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. We offer a special version, higher quality audio, free of the network ads, and more. Plus.technightowl.com for Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. So we're talking here about things Apple might do to boost sales, one of which may be a brand new 4-inch iPhone to cater to a lot of people for whom 4.7 and 5.5 are quite big, maybe too big. And I understand that because I have an iPhone 6. And sticking it in my pocket, and I just wear normal jeans, normal cut. I'm not overweight or anything. It's difficult. It really is. Right, yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't have much of a problem with my 6, although uh, my wallet is has a tendency to stick to it, which is kind of annoying. But I mean, it, it fits okay. I don't know how how a plus would do there. Now, now, mind you, I don't use a case or anything like that. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think it would, it would be smart for Apple, you know, if, if the business case is there, and I think it is. But I, I think it would be smart for Apple to have, you know, all these sizes of iPhone. And, and one of the smart things Apple did for developers a while back, and, and they've been working on this for years, is that they they really improved auto layout, and they, they've been pushing that more. And uh, Because essentially, what the case originally with the iPhone was was that, 
when you're, you're a developer and you position things on screen, you position them very precisely. So they were, you know, very much intended for that three and a half inch screen at, you know, wherever resolution it was. Um, but as they started move, you know, moving toward different screen sizes, as they started moving toward different resolutions, you know, high, you know, retina resolutions and things, Apple started very much encouraging developers to use auto layout, to use things that would scale to different sizes and not be, you know, uh, fixated for a certain screen size. Uh, other than some really outdated apps that still float around the app store, m- most apps do that now. So, you know, you and so that's an advantage Apple has now that they can offer you know different screen sizes and the apps will work on all of them just fine well that gives apple more flexibility also i think settling on a small number of sizes is better i mean some of these other companies have so many sizes your mind boggles i I think three sizes would probably work pretty well i could also see them going for just like a small phone a big phone and maybe it would be the same size as a plus or maybe somewhere between six uh, you know between a six and a six plus you're talking no, no, no. here about something that's more compromised, but I think that gets even more confusing. I think there's a certain subset of iPhone users who want five and a half inches. They may be people coming from the Android platform and they want something that becomes a small tablet and a large mobile handset. Whereas I guess the 4.7 is a sweet spot, but then we have the situation my wife and the former approach taken by Kirk McElhern, where four inches is big and no bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, it might just be the smart thing to have the three sizes. I don't think that will be terribly confusing. You know, and this could be why, if they are planning another four-inch, four-and-a-half-inch phone, you know, if they're going to do that, maybe they'll do it in March, uh, you know, to to prevent confusion you know it's like oh if you want the small phone you get it in march it doesn't have the best tech if you want to get the you know the high-end iphone you get in september and it's gonna be a little bigger so uh, yeah but i think here also if you have more frequent product cycles it keeps interest going so right now we know this could be a new iphone around fall but then nothing else is happening and if there's more resistance to buying something new now by speeding up product cycles or staggering them or doing something like that, maybe there is logic behind it. Sure. And, and I think we're starting to see a change at Apple in regards to that. You know, for instance, um, upcoming updates to, the, to iOS, Apple TV are going to add new features. You know, uh, iOS is getting um, what they call it, night mode, where it's um, kind of like flux or like... Um, Amazon's equivalent. So during as the day goes on, progresses into night, the screen gets less and less blue and it gets more yellow. So it um, doesn't keep you as awake and it helps you sleep better. The new TVOS 9.2, which is in beta now, gets a lot of new features. Um, uh, folders, gets uh, uh, Bluetooth keyboard support, you know, a lot of things people have been asking for. Um, but more interesting is the iOS the new features in iOS that they're adding, you know, because that's not a usual Apple thing. You know, Apple's usual thing is, well, if we have a new feature, we're going to wait a year, you know, wait until, you know, iOS 10 or, or whatever it is. So so maybe we're seeing a breakdown of that fixation on an annual upgrade cycle. You know, maybe Apple's decide to spread things out a little bit, you know, and keep interest up. And, and we're also seeing uh, different attempts at that with the new products they've released. You know, it's not all just everything's in September and it's dead the rest of the year. You know, the... Apple Watch was a spring product. You know, they, they've kind of spread out, you know, how often they update Macs, things like that. So, um, yeah, it could all be part of a strategy to 
uh, spread out the announcements throughout the year, which, you know, frankly, I think would be a smart thing. So you juice the excitement. Keep, you keep the fire burning. Well, that goes with juicing the excitement. Keep it going. That way there's more interest. Now, this month, this quarter, we already know Apple sales will be down. iPhone sales will be down. So is there anything Apple can do about this now? This is set in stone pretty much, right? Uh, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, uh, you know, it's Apple's stone to move, right? No doubt, no doubt. But let's look over the products of the last year to see where Apple went. Now, there are perceptions that the first Apple Watch could have been better, but I don't know. The first iPhone couldn't do a lot of things that iPhones can do today. So where's your take on that? Uh, You know, I've been pretty open about this. I'm not super happy with my Apple Watch. Um, I don't wear it very often. It to me, it's been a huge disappointment. You know, um, just base. There's just a lot of basic things that don't work well, and you know, like apps. You know, even after they've made third-party apps, you know, native to the device, not just str- streaming from the iPhone over Bluetooth, um, they still don't work really well. They're, they're a lot of times they just don't they just don't work at all, or they take forever to launch. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, it's for, you know, a lot of people excuse it by saying, oh, it's first generation, you know, you're going to have these things, and it's great otherwise. But, you know, I say no. I'm like, it's a, at least it's a $350 watch. I, I think, I think some places around the holidays sold it for $250. But still, you know, you pay that much for, for a device, you know, the basic functionality should work. You know, um, I don't think that problem was there with the iPhone. You know, the iPhone, they cut a lot of things out of it originally. You know, you didn't have copy and paste. You didn't even have an app store. Uh, it was very bare bones in a lot of ways. But it, uh, you know, what was there worked, and it worked well. And the thing is, also, you have to compare it to what was out there at the time, and there was nothing like it. Right, and you know, there were devices at the time that were more functional. Me personally, I didn't get an iPhone train until uh, the iPhone four. Which was to me when you know it was it was a more or less feature complete product you know because there's just certain features that I wanted in a smartphone that weren't there until then. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you wanted that sort of touchscreen responsive experience, uh, yeah, it just wasn't there in anything else. We won't be there anymore if we don't do this break. We have Josh Sanders of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Life. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Greetings, Phenomenal Ones. This is Dr. Jeremiah C. Hackley of Phenomenal Center. I want to invite you to the Phenomenal Health and Healing Conference in the city of Knoxville, February the 7th and the 8th. We have coming Dr. Joel Wallach. He is a two-time Nobel Prize nominee, the Humanitarian Award winner for Natural Medicine, featured at the United Nations, and have 75 peer reviews published in health journals. Dr. Wallach has an answer for you. Call us right now. We only have 100 seats. 865-851-7269. Health is not a matter of chance, but it is a matter of choice. Call us right now. 865-851-7269. 
Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Are you sneezing, coughing, and aching? (coughs) Do you have a sore throat, a fever, or the sniffles? There's no reason to be sick this cold and flu season with immune system support from Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver can give your body the help it needs to fight off harmful pathogens without hurting beneficial gut flora and without leaving behind resistant bacteria. Antibiotics can damage good microflora and often leave behind bacteria, which can cause problems later on. If you're sick of being sick, try Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver, the number one choice of thousands for a safe and effective way to protect against the many diseases and illnesses that we are facing today. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, read our customer reviews, and see the life-changing results that people are having. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Use the promo code PROTECTED for 20% off your entire order. And like us on Facebook, Supernatural Silver. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edecdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Okay, let's go back here. So, Apple Watch, maybe 
sort of could have been better, Josh Centers. What about Apple TV, the Apple TV upgrade? There were so many expectations, and I don't think Apple necessarily met them with the Apple TV. And it's not just the lack of 4K support, because I can see reasons for that, one of which being, of course, the high-definition and high-color gamut features of 4K really are just coming online. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with that assessment. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, the new Apple TV has been a disappointment for myself. You know, I'm the guy who wrote the book on the on the Apple TV. So, yeah, and the, the 4K thing, you know, they're just, the content isn't there yet. I recently bought a 4K TV. That's, so that's not as much of a concern for me, uh, you know, and maybe it is for enthusiasts. But, you know, honestly, most people, I, I know a lot of people still watch standard definition. They can't tell the difference. Um so I don't think that's that big of a deal. I've heard, I mean, you know, out of the gate, there's just a lot of stuff in the Apple TV that doesn't feel finished. The aforementioned uh, TVOS 9.2 update, I think, will will help in that regard. You know, because um, you know, finally get Bluetooth keyboard support. We, we finally did get remote app support. Although um, at EQ, so there's there's a new app on the way sometime the start of this year, uh, first half of this year. So we'll, we'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, you know, things like folder support are coming. But it goes deeper than that. You know, things like, well, well, this is something else that's coming in the update as well. But something that surprised me is that the Photos app doesn't support iCloud Photo Library. It just does Photo Stream and uh, iCloud Photo Albums. But now with this new update, it will do iCloud Photo Library, uh, which will be good. But um, uh, who knows when that's coming out. Uh, but then you look at stuff like the Flickr app in the App Store. And it's the, it's the exact same old app. That you know that was there in the old Apple TV, and just some of the stuff doesn't work. Like if you click the uh, run as a screensaver button on a photo album, it'll, it'll just give an error message: says, "Sorry, this doesn't work yet. Uh, come back later." Uh, which which is just odd. And then you look at um, you look at what's missing from the store, and it's curious. You know, um, I expected Sling TV to already be out by now, and uh, you know because it's available on just about every other one of these TV app platforms. It's not there yet. Spotify. Spotify has been, it's kind of a mystery why it's missing. Because, I mean, Spotify is almost like the Netflix of streaming music, right? I mean, I have Spotify on my PlayStation. I have Spotify on my Mac, iOS. Uh, it's built into my TV. There's a, there's a Vizio TV app for Spotify. So, you know, it's curious why they haven't done an Apple TV app yet. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's really the... Uh, the bigger challenge Apple faces is, you know, how do they get developers interested? And I've also heard a lot of complaints about the the Siri remote. Um, a lot of people don't like it. Now, I do. I have my misgivings about it, but you know, I think that's answerable by the fact that you know you do have the remote app. It could work better, and apparently we're getting, we are getting something better. Keyboard support's coming up. You can still program. You can still use an Apple remote. You can still program any third party remote with infrared you want to control the apple tv so you know that's not as big a concern for me but um i I definitely can see why some people complain about the siri remote but i think the biggest problem with apple tv is just getting the developers onto it right and it's growing fast i mean there's already several thousand apps already it's growing an explosive rate but it has to be the apps people want i just don't think all those apps are there yet well that's a work in progress but when you look at updates that now add Bluetooth keyboard support, etc., it seems to me that maybe the product came out a little too early because those features should have been there right out the starting date, no, not to the following year when you've already had the holiday buying season. Right. 
you know, part of it I think was was intentional, and for whatever philosophical reason, I think part of it was it was just unfinished. You know, it's it it was just so curious to me when I first fired up the new Apple TV and you know, all the things that didn't work. You know, uh, Siri didn't work with Apple Music. Uh, um, you know, there's no iCloud photo library support. Uh, you know, Bluetooth keyboards didn't work. Although I, I do think the Bluetooth keyboard thing was was a deliberate decision that they later recanted on. Um, but, you know, the one that boggled me was that there was no remote app support out of the gate. And then they add it, you know, a few weeks later. And then they say after that, oh, we're coming out with a, with a new app for it. And it's like, well, why didn't you just... Why didn't you just uh, enable support for the remote app in the first place and say a, a new app's on the way? I think people would have understood that, you know. But you know, and that's one of the things. And this was something you know, Apple uh, pundits, you know, pro Apple people say all the time. You know, when they mock Android, they say, you know, whatever you come out with, it has to be good out of the gate. And Apple's just coming out with a lot of products, and you're seeing this. I think they released too many products in 2015, but because they released things like Apple Watch and Apple TV that obviously were not finished out of the gate, and you felt like you're beta testing something, and and that's never been the experience that Apple has has you know offered. You know, Apple's always like, well, it may not have the features, but you know, it's it's you know they all work, and and so they're going to that more Google like approach, and yeah, that is a little frustrating. I wish they would either cut some features or, you know, wait till the product's finished. It's, you know, one of the things I loved about Apple was it was one of the few companies that sold you a finished product. You know, maybe not feature complete, but, you know, it didn't feel rough around the edges like uh, like some of the newer, newer products do. And look at it this way, with regard to the Apple TV, one key feature is not there, never admitted, which is the Apple subscription TV service. So did Apple have that in progress, hoping to get the deals and had to pull it because they couldn't get the deals? Is that really why we have a so-called crippled Apple TV? You know, I, I don't know. I don't really think so. Um, I mean, I'm sure that was that was thought of. But, you know, I mean, that's something that was rumored years back. And, and so, I mean, what, Steve Jobs, uh, the biography came out in 2011. He died in 2011, right? So, you know, that was, you know, and apparently that's when he cracked TV. And apparently that's when they were supposedly working on this, started working on this thing. And so, you know, four years to develop a product and for the Apple TV to feel as rushed as it does. The new Apple TV in a lot of ways feels like they kind of whipped it together maybe in a month or two. So, I mean, and maybe they're working on some sort of alternative product and then shrugged and gave up and jumped on this. But it makes just makes me wonder because, you know, if the if the other product they were supposed to be working on, you know, supposedly centered around a TV subscription service, why wouldn't that service have worked with this hardware we have now? You know, why does the software feel so unfinished? It's, it's just curious. It's very curious. You know, because, yeah, the new Apple TV, you know, feels sort of slapped together. Um, and, I mean, a lot of the apps, other than, you know, a visual overhaul, uh, are I- identical. You know, they're just white instead of black. And, you know, they have the parallax stuff and shadows and things. But, um, so, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mystery. And um, hopefully we'll find out what happened one of these days. But I'm guessing that's not going to happen anytime soon. Yes. And what was Steve Jobs talking about, this amazing interface? That interface is not amazing. It's nice. But it's not something where if you're considering what kind of streamer to buy, you choose it necessarily over a cheaper Amazon Fire TV or Roku 4. 
No, and it's it's more or less the same interface uh, found on the second and third generation Apple TV. It's just uh, a lot brighter, which actually hurts my eyes more, and it's it's got some 3D effects and things. But yeah, I mean, it feels like the same thing, just just with a new coat of paint. So yeah, that's that's going to be, you know, I guess one of the great mysteries of tech history is you know what the heck was Steve Jobs talking about? Apparently, apparently he he was wanting to show Walt Mossberg. And but Mossberg never made it to his house before Steve died, so that that was the only way we would have known, um, you know. Unless, unless Tim Cook ever spills the beans, uh, yeah. This doesn't feel like a product that was worked on for four years. You know, it's it's a decent product, but it doesn't feel like they spent four years refining it. It has the veneer of stopgap. We'll get into more of that in a moment. Please check out. Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com, where we offer an ad-free version of the show, higher quality audio, and more. For a low subscription price, this is a great way to support the show. Go to plus.technightowl.com. We have Josh Centers talking about the state of Apple. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Winter has just begun, and are you already tired of being cold? How would you like to never be cold again? This is Dale with Fortress Clothing, and I'm here to tell you, you will never be cold again with Fortress. If you're tired of freezing your butt off, elk hunting, sitting in a tree stand, deer hunting, winter camping, fishing, ice fishing, no longer fear the cold. If you snowmobile, ski, snowboard, get Fortress. Sledding with the kids, shoveling the walks, shopping, or if you or your spouse get cold feet at home, get Fortress. If you're stuck outside working in the cold or find yourself in an emergency situation, get our winter bug out bag and you will never be cold again. Fortress is the answer, so quit complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. It's a mid-layer garment that goes with anything you want to wear. Enter coupon code RADIO and get 20% off any item. Go now while we still have inventory. FortressClothing.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We're talking to Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books about the state of Apple, about things that Apple did that maybe they could have done better, like the fourth-generation Apple TV, like it was just thrown out there because the product they really wanted to sell couldn't be made ready for a lot of reasons. Now, you might have heard this, a statement from the head of the FCC to allow cable and satellite providers basically force them to offer third-party set-top boxes. You know, so it's not just going to be a situation where it's TiVo. Anybody can produce it, and instead of buying the one from Dish or Cox or any of these companies, you can buy any one you want. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, the, the problem is this has been tried before, and you're just not going to get these companies, in many cases regional monopolies, to do anything they don't want to do. Or, I mean, you might get them to do it, um, but it, the result won't be what you want. You know, a classic example is cable card, you know, and this is essentially what they tried to do before. You know, the whole idea, if you're not familiar with cable card, it's like, I tell them because this is really bad. Yeah. So, so the idea behind cable card, and this is another of those FCC mandated things is that it's a card that authenticates a device with your cable company, with your cable subscription. So if you want to use a TiVo instead of your Comcast box, 
you would you would order a cable card, you'd stick it in your TiVo, and and that would be able to function as as your cable box with the TiVo interface. And in theory, it works that way. But in pr- in practice, and people who have a cable card are probably sh- you know nodding their heads right now with this or or crying in in frustration. Um, Anyone I've ever known who's dealt with gone the cable card route, you know, gone the TiVo and cable card route, um, has dealt with nothing but frustration because Comcast is as obstructionist as possible about the cable card stuff. They will come, they will take away your cable box. They will give you, you know, you know, one. You know, if you ask for two, they they will, you know, they they might give you like uh, they might give you one that works. They might not. Um, John Gruber of Daring Fireballs told this story many times of. He had two tuners in his TiVo, so he called Comcast. Guy brought two cable cards, and then one of them didn't work, so he could only use one tuner. And so he called Comcast again, and they ins- they insist on taking both cable cards and giving him two new ones instead of just taking the one that didn't work. They gave him two new ones again, and one of them didn't work. And he just kept going through this rigor move for months. No matter what he did, he couldn't get two working cable cards. Um, you know, they, they you know they that's just don't- a reason to call the FCC and complain. But sure, Comcast, but- you know, that's par for the course. They don't have a great reputation for customer service. Right. And anytime we post anything about cable card, you know, we always hear stuff from reader comments and tidbits talk, you know, just endless problems with cable card because the cable companies were forced to do it. They do not want to do it. You know, it's, it's really just the principle of thing, you know, and I don't even think they're necessarily opposed to the technology itself, but they just don't want to do what they want to do. Well, and the other thing is, too, is they want complete control from end to end of, of the process, you know, and, and there are probably both reasonable and not so reasonable reasons for this. You know, one reasonable reason is if everyone has the same cable box, then, you know, diagnosing them, training them out is pretty easy, right? If everyone has a different kind of hardware and they have a, but they have the cable card in there then suddenly that raises your support costs. Um, so, so that it is reasonable from that perspective. Uh, what is curious is why I mean, and there's a few exceptions to this, but for the most part, you know, the interfaces for these uh, for these cable boxes are so ancient. You know, and I know uh, the Xfinity X1 system is supposedly pretty modern and you know pretty good, but the problem with that is, and see, this is again how much control they want. You can't use your own modem and router. It's it's all you know their hardware, and you can't replace it. So you know that's that's why I don't want the X1 system. So, I mean, in theory, I like this idea from the FCC. I like the idea of having my own cable box. But I think the reality is going to be is that, you're, you know, if it passes and the courts don't strike it down or, or whatever, you're probably going to get one of these boxes and just have all kinds of problems with it because Comcast is going to go out of the way to not support them. Well, I keep saying Comcast, but, you know, insert your cable company there. They're all about the same, really. I think that maybe Apple will do something, I hope, in 2016 with Apple TV. Regardless of what happens with the FCC and trying to mandate things, there are a lot of things we'd like to see with the way TV is set up. We'd like to see a la carte. We'd like to see the freedom to buy whatever set-top box you want. But I can see where they can make it difficult, just like they made the cable carts difficult. I don't know. And the question is, too, if Apple were to offer a subscription TV service, if that were to occur, how does Apple differentiate that from being nothing more than a slimmed down package? Sling TV from Dish Network doesn't look like much. No. And I mean, you know, maybe it's good for some people, but it doesn't offer uh, 
you know, local local channels, right? That's a big disadvantage of Sling TV, which, you know, if you have an antenna can, that can pick those up, then, you know, uh, no problem, right? But it's it's still a niche product. Um, and so I, I don't know how Apple could differentiate. And given the current TV environment, I'm not sure they could. Um, apparently, they're still in talks with companies. ESPN was recently saying, well, Apple's having a hard time with this. Um, you know, and the... You know, and my heart goes out to Apple and the people trying to negotiate this stuff because it's not an easy business. And Apple tends to scare content companies because they see what happened in the music industry. Although I would argue Apple saved that industry, but a lot, a lot of people in the media don't see it that way. They see it as Apple took it over. Um, but uh, you know, so that immediately complicates things, and it's already a very complicated business you know and, and everyone wants their brand out there and everyone wants you know all these different concessions and you know this and that um so yeah they're, they're hard things to negotiate you know and it uh you know one thing i will give props to the cable companies for is being able to constantly you know negotiate with these with all these different uh content providers and and let me just happy. stop for that because i'll tell you a story right now okay channel six Phoenix, which is owned by a new company, I forget the name. And that's the CW Network, which is the Warner Brothers CBS Network. And it offers shows oriented towards a younger demographic. And the most famous shows on there are Arrow, The Flash, and now Legends of Tomorrow. You know, produced by the same guy who does Supergirl on CBS. Mm -hmm. All right. Greg Berlanti. Now, there are negotiations with Cox, DirecTV, Dish Network, because I think as of the time we do this show, if those contracts expire, that station will not be available. Now, that is a problem that we have all the time here where the cable and satellite providers are negotiating with the content providers and they reach an impasse. And what happens? The public doesn't get the station for a day, a week or a few weeks. That's a problem that has to be solved because, I mean... Each party will blame the other, but if I'm paying a bill for cable TV service and I'm not getting the stations that I expect to get, I could say, you didn't give me all the stations I wanted. Give me a refund. That's really a big problem right there. Sure. And and, and that sort of thing happens all the time. But, you know, I mean, that that could happen any time a contract expires or there's some negotiation points. So it's it's probably a wonder it doesn't happen more often than it does. Um, I'll tell you my frustration. I was I'm still angry about this. I was watching the uh, the AFL uh, AFC NFC championship games uh, and you know got near the end of the Broncos game. Cable cut out and everything. TV went out. Internet went out. It wasn't until 9 p.m., about five minutes after uh, the Panthers won, won uh, the NFC championship, that uh, that I got my cable back. <laughs> I was so angry. I was I'd been looking forward to those games for weeks, and yeah, I totally missed them. Let me give you a story here too. Premiere of the X Files on a Sunday night after a football game, and those games can run over, mm-hmm. but. I'm using Cox. The cable box and DirecTV is not any better, I don't think. It's not smart enough to know the show is beginning at a later hour. So it began about a half hour late. In order to record the full X-Files, I had to set it to record the next show also, which would normally be the evening news. I had to set it to record two shows 
one of which had been set for the full season and one of which had to be set to pick up the backstop the last half of the show because the software was not smart enough to know the time had changed. That's something that upsets me. And I don't remember any company that can do that. Maybe TiVo can't. But Dish Network can't or couldn't when I tried it. DirecTV couldn't. Obviously, Cox can't with their contour set. So that is a problem. I mean, of course, you also have on demand the next day. Sometimes you can just get the replay. We've got more to come with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. And I want to tell you a little thing just happened. As we were doing this segment, really weird. I don't know if this ever happened to you, Josh Centers. Get a call from an insurance company. And they said they're calling about a claim with regard to my wife. And I said, this is for auto insurance? And he says, yes. My wife hasn't driven a car in about a decade. She has vision problems. And only recently has she gotten better. She hasn't driven a car, period. Not that she can't. She has a driver's license, hasn't driven a car. I said, couldn't be. She hasn't driven a car. In 10 years, and he mentions the car 
that allegedly she was driving, which was a, a Chevy Malibu. We've never owned a Chevrolet in our lives. Let me amend that. We had an old used Chevrolet as my first car when I first learned how to drive many, 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 many years ago. And we kept it only a few months before it just, you know, really stopped working very well and needed major work and we bought a different car. I haven't owned a Chevy. Not that I'm against the brand, haven't. Then mentions the insurance company that allegedly represents my wife. And I said to him, you know what? She doesn't have insurance with that company. Now, maybe that was identity theft, but it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, I would. That's what I would look into. I would look to see if she, her identity had been stolen. I mean, maybe it's a scam. You know, I've heard about some very strange scams uh, here recently, but but that would be the kind of thing that you know most people would immediately dismiss uh, unless they're just t- totally out of it. But uh, yeah, I would I would investigate that. That's a little concerning. That is weird. Well, I just told the guy to buzz off. I said, look, she doesn't own a car, she doesn't drive a car. She's not represented by this other insurance company. Therefore, she was not involved in any motor vehicle incident. Goodbye. We'll see what happens. Anyway, let's look into other things about Apple. So last year, the perception that maybe the products were a little unfinished. Apple TV, Apple Watch, more bugs. Although Apple claims that the crash reports they're getting for their operating systems are no higher in proportion than they used to be. I guess because we noticed them more. They claim they're not getting reports of more crashes for their operating systems. So what do we say about that? Well, you know, know, crash reports are just that, crash reports. I think the problems a lot of people are having with software aren't just straight-up crashes. It's things that just don't quite work right, um, where it's not obvious how you report that you know uh, to give you an example i I had several problems uh after updating to el capitan don't remember off off the top of my head i have to look up my apple bug reporter account but but the most recent one was okay so so i I kind of have a ridiculous setup i have a 27 inch 5k imac and the next day i have a 27 inch dell monitor um and it just sort of happened. I didn't plan it that way, but that's just sort of how it happened. But, you know, my first world problem with El Capitan was um, half the time when I would wake up my iMac, my Dell monitor wouldn't wake up. And so the only way to fix it was to unplug the monitor, plug it back in. Now, I reported this uh, early on with El Capitan after I started experiencing that. And it got declined as a... As said it was a duplicate but you know and, and thankfully with the last update which was uh was it 10 uh 10 11 3 they it finally got they finally fixed that they finally fixed the sleep issues with external displays but you know i had to wait a while I had to wait a few months uh, but that but that's just a, as an example of a problem that they're not going to see with a crash reporter because there was no crash involved it was just something didn't work correctly well, the same thing would be true for Wi-Fi connectivity, which was a problem that affected users of OS X Yosemite for many, many months. Sure, sure. And that's not something that caused a crash. It was just the inability to connect. Another problem I've seen, which may be gone now, with El Capitan, mail would occasionally just freeze up for about 30 seconds. You couldn't do anything in it. And then things would be restored. Now, I don't want to say that there's a certain public beta out of El Capitan where the problem is fixed, 
but it seems that they're paying attention, but maybe not fast enough. Well, I think I think the problem is that you know crash reports are easy. You know, they just happen kind of automatically, and even if you're a novice user, it's not the hardest in a crash report. You know, you just click a couple of buttons if you choose to. Um, for things like, oh, hey, here's an outstanding bug. Uh, maybe the new beta fixes this, but we've had this problem with tidbits. For our HTML issue, um, the links at the start of the issue that take you directly to the articles in the issue aren't working. And uh, in mail for El Capitan or iOS 9. And we've reported to Apple. They've acknowledged the issue. Uh, we don't know when that's going to get fixed. You know, we've even looked at our own code. And it's the same HTML. It's worked forever. Um, so it's definitely uh, the problem lies with Apple. Um, but again, that's one of the things. It's hard to report. You know, and it, you know, it's it's fairly easy for someone like Adam Inkst, You know, who's you know who's who's an expert with this stuff. But you know, for your just average user, for your typical college student or you know parent, grandparent, whatever, you know, the, the to average person that just gets on to do spreadsheets and and all that and aren't aren't really techie. They don't even know where to start. You know, it, uh, if I sat someone down in front of a Macintosh and I said, "How do you how do you report a problem to Apple?" And like, I don't know. Do you tweet at them? Do you, <laughs> you know, do you send an email to somebody? You know, so that's something I think uh, could be a lot better. Now, uh, the thing is, here is one other method would be contacting Apple support. And I'll give you an example of that. Just the other day, so I had a problem with Keychain that I couldn't solve, and I contacted Apple support because I have an Apple Care on one of my Macs. And so we talked a little bit, and we fixed that problem. It was a matter of recreating my iCloud email account. All right, so we solved the problem. And then things were weird. I asked them a couple of questions, number one of which is, in the last couple of versions of Apple Mail, you cannot any longer reorder the sequence of email accounts in your preferences pane. You can only do it in the Mail sidebar. It's restricted to the mail sidebar, which they're aware of, but couldn't promise a fix. The other thing they told me about is, you're aware of this. I don't know if you've covered it, but maybe you're aware of it. In messages, it used to be that Facebook chat was supported in messages. And then Facebook changed the API. So you can't log in anymore. Have you experienced this? No, I, I haven't had that problem, but I'm, I can't say I'm terribly surprised. Um, I've had a lot of issues with uh, with iCloud, Apple ID stuff, and logins. Uh, I'll give you an example. See, this is, again, is one of those things that's, that's hard to report to Apple. Well, let me finish uh, this, okay. Okay. They said that it's Facebook's problem to fix. Okay? Mm. It's not Apple's fault. It is Facebook providing support for third-party messaging services. Okay, messaging apps. And it will be fixed this spring. Why does it take so long? I don't know. Don't they think Apple's important enough? They're certainly doing very well financially. Facebook is making money hand over fist. They can surely spend a little more money to make messages compatible. Why should I use two instant messaging apps? You were going to tell me about your problem. Right. So well, this, is, uh, this is a little simpler, but you know, because it's totally on Apple's end. But uh, recently, I changed uh, my main email address I use for managing accounts and so forth. And so I changed the email address that um, was associated with my Apple ID. And I did this like a decade ago. And this is before iCloud and all that. It was just iTunes at the time. And, uh, and it was a fairly simple process. But 
<laughs> when I did it this time, I nearly broke all my Apple devices. And apparently I was very lucky. I was my accountant didn't just get wrecked when I did this. But so I changed the email address. Suddenly none none of the App Store, iTunes, iCloud stuff, any of my devices work. You know, I have to do total I have to totally log out, which, you know, deletes a bunch of stuff, and then I had to log back in. Just just a big pain in the neck. But then even after that, I haven't had many problems with my Mac, but my iOS devices don't like it at all. I get a prompt, you know, not as often as I did, but it used to be several times a day where it would ask me to enter the password for my Apple ID with the old email address, and right? And so, like, and, it, and with the notification, it's just enter the password. And, of course, that won't work because the email address isn't correct. And I got so- that a while back, and I want to know how you fixed it in our next segment with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. 
If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. The infamous Apple ID, always troublesome because of the interaction with iCloud. Josh Centers, tell us more about your problem. To answer, um, I haven't fixed it. I still get the prompt, uh, just not as often. And and usually when I get... So, so what I've started doing, what I really just need to do is wipe both devices right, and that would probably would fix it, and probably some other issues I've been having. And I'll probably do that when uh, iOS 9.3 comes out and just do another clean install. Um, but what I do when it comes up, when it pops up with my old email address, I just hit the ignore button, cancel button, whatever it's called, and dismiss that. And then usually a few minutes later, I'll get um, a prompt for the current email address. I'll just enter that in and and you know the password in that one, and that usually works. Um, you know, now I know sometimes even when I get the prompt, my you know App Store still works, iCloud still seems to work. So I don't know exactly what the issue is, but. Uh, the point is, you know, Apple needs to overhaul, needs to fix its account system because, you know, that's something, you know, I've changed my, uh, the email addresses with my Amazon account a few times. Um, I did that recently, you know, I did this email uh, account migration and Fire TV didn't break, uh, my, my Kindles didn't break, uh, the Kindle tablets we have didn't break, none of my Amazon stuff broke. It all just works fine. Um, iOS apps, they didn't break. Uh, they're just like, oh, okay, new email address, update, you know, not a problem. So, I mean, that's, and, you know, it's it's a fairly basic thing, especially for a tech giant. You know, and if you do this with Twitter, you do it with Facebook, you do it with, you know, just by any service, it's not that big of a deal. So, for it to be that problematic with Apple stuff, you know, that's that's something they need to work on fixing, I think. There's so much that Apple has to do, but so many of these problems are related to iCloud. And we're looking here at Apple's financials where a growing proportion of their sales is to services, to existing customers. They have a billion devices activated out there, and that's a money machine. They're making a lot of money. But if customers don't get the services working properly, they are going to be upset. Right. And, and this is crucial for Apple, circling back to our original topic, because services and other products are their biggest 
growers right now. They're, you know, okay, so services had a year-over-year revenue increase of 26%. And services includes things like the App Store, Apple Pay, Apple Music, uh, you know, all, all this stuff that they have so many problems with. Um, then you look at other products, things like Apple TV, Apple Watch, uh, the Beats products. So combined, those two categories now make up thir- you know, almost 14% of Apple's revenue stream. So, you know, it was smart of them to come up with the new Apple TV, the Apple Watch, to even buy Beats. A lot of people question that. But looking at the numbers from this last quarter, you know, you look at iPads declining, even the Macs declining a little bit. The iPhone is kind of stagnant. But their big growth is in services and those other products. And, and those are the things they're having the most trouble with. So, you know, Apple's best hope is to improve their services, you know, improve things like Maps and uh, and iCloud and uh, and how they, you know, Apple ID and accounts and things like that, and to improve the products we were discussing earlier, you know, make the Apple TV better, make the Apple Watch better, uh, you know, have them work great out of the box and and not just feel like they're warmed over, you know. These are the real challenges of Apple, you know, and, you know, pundits like to talk about cars and virtual reality headsets and time machines and now teleporters and whatnot, and, you know, but, you know, really, you know, the Apple has to focus on their fundamentals, you know, they have to focus on, you know, Mac, iPhone, iPad, but also this growing service segment, this growing other product category. That's really where Apple needs to dig in at. Yes, indeed. Looking at the future, does Apple have to launch some new hardware category or just shore up what they have to get sales back to consistent high growth? Or is that, is that not possible anymore? I, I, think, I think they need to focus on what they have. Because now when it comes to, say, the iPad, I, I think the iPad is just sinking. And, you know, that market is either disappearing or it's going toward, it's getting super cheap. You know, Amazon sells a $50 tablet. That for most people probably just serves just fine, um, and a- that's not where Apple wants to go. I don't blame them because the high end markets worked out well for Apple, so they're going to have to probably pour res- resources in elsewhere. But you know they have so many things on the plate now. Uh, you know iPhone, iPhone I think can rebound no problem. I think it will with the next iPhone. Um, you know, but when it comes to think like Apple Watch, there's tons of potential in the Apple Watch, but the initial product doesn't work very well. There, there's a lot of potential growth in that Apple Watch, but they they have to really put everything into it, you know, and really make it a competitive, uh, appealing product to to a broader market. And you know, I think it's been pretty successful so far, but there's a lot more headroom there, you know, and and things like their services. You know, there's a lot of money to be made there, and you know, a lot of competition. And uh, you know, when things don't work right, they leave money on the table. Um, you know, so there's lots of room for growth in what they have already, and and their their product line is probably already far more complicated than. You know, Steve Jobs would imagine when he first came back to Apple. You know, he very famously cut Apple's product lines down to four. You know, professional notebook, professional uh, desktop, uh, consumer notebook, consumer desktop. You know, and that was it. Um, so that's what they should be focusing on. They should be focusing on their current categories and building those up and making customers really happy with them. You know, I still hear complaints every day about El Capitan, iOS 9, even though they did fix a lot of the problems of previous releases, but it just shows how far they let their software slip. You know, and even after fixing up Final Cut Pro X or 10, whichever one it is, you know, still complaints about that, even though they've improved those a lot. So, you know, I mean, they have so many products now, and and they encompass basically the entire computing market, you know, at least on the consumer end, well, even in the enterprise end, you know, and that's another area for growth that I think is going to become a lot more important over the next five years or so. 
But, you know, if I were running Apple, that's what my focus would be on, you know. And, yeah, they should be exploring uh, areas of growth, you know, cars, uh, you know, virtual reality, whatever. But that doesn't necessarily mean uh, those should be the next big things. You know, I think if they see an opening, an opportunity, great. But priority number one should be making their current lineup, each individual product, the best uh, of its caliber and and uh, with features and prices to attract you know, new buyers and to attract upgraders. What about the Apple car? There are reports that they've run into trouble getting that thing to move. The head of the project has left Apple. We have about 40 seconds left for you. So briefly, what do you think is going to happen? You know, all I'll say about Apple car is, and it's like I said earlier, um, just because Apple's working on something doesn't mean it'll ever be a product. And that applies to cars, virtual reality. You know, the problem with cars, there's so many complications there, you know, both just in, in the basics and in dealing with government. Look look at Ford. Ford's been doing making cars forever, and they still make a lot of lemons. So not an easy market, uh, very alien for Apple. Uh, are, they'd be crazy not to investigate it, but it doesn't mean that there'll ever be an actual product. And look what's happening with Volkswagen with the emission controls. But that, of course, was corporate fraud and nothing else, misleading customers. And they're going to pay through the nose. Josh Centers, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. My articles are on tidbits.com. My book's on takecontrolbooks.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at jcenters, J-C-E-N-T-E-R-S. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. Coming up next on the show, we'll hear from Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Greetings, Phenomenal Ones. This is Dr. Jeremiah C. Hackley of Phenomenal Center. I want to invite you to the Phenomenal Health and Healing Conference in the city of Knoxville, February the 7th and the 8th. We have coming Dr. Joel Wallach. He is a two-time Nobel Prize nominee, the Humanitarian Award winner for Natural Medicine, featured at the United Nations, and have 75 peer reviews published in health journals. Dr. Wallach has an answer for you. Call us right now. We only have 100 seats. 865-851-7269. Health is not a matter of chance, but it is a matter of choice. Call us right now. 865-851-7269. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Winter has just begun, and are you already tired of being cold? How would you like to never be cold again? This is Dale with Fortress Clothing, and I'm here to tell you, you will never be cold again with Fortress. If you're tired of freezing your butt off, elk hunting, sitting in a tree stand, deer hunting, winter camping, fishing, ice fishing, no longer fear the cold. If you snowmobile, ski, snowboard, get Fortress. Sledding with the kids, shoveling the walks, shopping, or if you or your spouse get cold feet at home, get Fortress. If you're stuck outside working in the cold or find yourself in an emergency situation, get our winter bug out bag and you will never be cold again. Fortress is the answer, so quit complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. It's a mid-layer garment that goes with anything you want to wear. 
Enter coupon code radio and get 20% off any item. Go now while we still have inventory. FortressClothing.com This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us in the second half of this week's Tech Night Owl Live. And we have a whole bunch of things to talk about, and some of it will mirror what we did with Josh Centers in the first part, but then we'll take things in a further direction. So first of all, we have Apple's financials, Jeff. They were record-setting, but just barely. Mm -hmm. And it looks like iPhone sales are going to be down this quarter. So is the sky falling for Apple? Certainly the Apple haters want to think that. Well, you know, as they say, haters are going to hate. The sky is not falling for Apple. Not at all. Uh, Keep in mind, when you're as big as Apple, uh, a little downturn for a quarter or two is not a significant thing. Apple is by far the most valuable company on the planet. The quarterly earnings are reported are higher than any company has ever reported in the history of companies. That's not good enough, man. Well, you know, when it comes to Apple and the way the the media and investors look at the company, you're right, it's not good enough. It's, It's not good enough for Apple to be the best of the best. They have to be the best of the best beyond. So it doesn't matter what Apple does. If the investors 
and the analysts and the media don't like it, then Apple is doomed and and uh, and they're on a, on the downward slide. I I don't think Apple's on the downward slide, and the fact that they're guiding that the March quarter is going to be uh, a slower quarter than they've had for years and years and years, meaning the first quarter that that they've shown a decline in years and years and years. I don't see that as as a problem. Um, there, there's a lot going on in the market that's making it difficult for companies to draw in money on on the scale that they have been previously. So, yeah, it's going to happen every now and then. And I don't see this as a, a sign that Apple is doomed, is failing, is on the downward slide. I don't see a problem here. Well, certainly the critics of Apple can play it that way. Now, one oh, thing sure. that, that is significant here, in the past when the critics have reported about supply chain slowdowns, Apple has corrected them. If you remember a couple of years back where Tim Cook says at one of those quarterly conference calls that you can't take a few metrics from the supply chain and get the entire figure. Well, evidently they learned because this time they had it pretty correct that sales would be pretty flat. Right. Yeah. But in the past, the the problem has been that analysts are trying to build tapestries from a single thread. You can do it. It doesn't mean you're going to create the tapestry that's the right one. And I think that's been the case. But what's helped this time around is that Apple has been guiding realistically and they started doing this a few years ago, but it took analysts and investors a little while to catch on that this more realistic guidance, quarterly guidance that Apple offers, is not the sandbagging that they used to do. What I, I called it the Scotty principle, where you underpromise and overdeliver, and that's what Apple was doing with their financials for years, and knowing. Now that the track record is holding true, that they're giving more reasonable and accurate guidance, it's become, I think, easier for the analysts to to reasonably build sales models for, for each quarter. So your perception is this is just maybe a one or two time thing and then Apple gets back to what it was. Right. And, and, and because of the money Apple makes, it's almost not fair to say, and they'll get back to what they were, because they, they are what they are. They're the most successful company on the planet, or at least the most valuable company on the planet by now. They have uh, more money than mere mortals can count. Unless uh, they, you're Donald Trump, of course. Well, okay, I don't well, know what he yeah. is. There you go. We don't know what he is. Yeah. So I, I'm not worried about Apple. I don't see any patterns that are indicating to me that the company has has lost its ability to create good products, its ability to innovate, and its ability to make money faster than, than they can spend it. There was some perception here, though, that maybe Apple's product introductions last year were not quite as compelling And I'm thinking in terms of Apple TV, which we can go on about. Also, Apple Watch may have been, shall we say, better executed than it was. What do you think? (laughs) Well, as far as the products themselves go, if Apple TV uh, fourth generation came out from pretty much any other company, it it would have been seen as as a revolutionary device 
if Apple Watch came from any other company and sold on on the scale that it did for any other company, it would be seen as as an insane success. But we're talking Apple here, and the expectations, right or wrong, are different for Apple. So even though with Apple Watch, Apple currently has half of the entire smartwatch market, which means that in a matter of months, they outsold every other smartwatch maker combined. And if it had been Samsung that had done that, the media would have been reporting about how they're steamrolling over the market. But with Apple, it's seen as a failure. Remember also, Samsung's growth path isn't that great. They're being hit on the high end. They're not doing as well. They are selling more units, but it's cheap stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Apple is selling products that have higher margins, uh, meaning that per unit, Apple makes a higher percentage uh, compared to what their competitors are doing. Like 94% of the smartphone profits? Yeah. and I mean, that's almost yeah. overwhelming. It's saying, you know what? Nobody can make a profit on this except for Apple. And then Samsung gets a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it plays out. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. thing that bothers me is, and I know Amazon's quarterly earnings were not as good as people expected, but traditionally, Amazon rarely reports a profit. Right. If it has a profit, it's very small, but still, it's a darling on Wall Street. Yes, and uh, the stock market's an interesting game. Uh, I don't play it, man. I I don't play it either. Uh, but uh, but I've been learning more and more over the years about how it works, and uh, and what I've learned is that that even though there's a lot of emotion involved because we are humans, there's there's some logic to the insanity. And the big thing is to know that when uh, Wall Street is looking at the value of a company, they don't care about yesterday. The, the, the past is irrelevant. Uh, today is irrelevant. It's always tomorrow. And they're, they're always looking to the future. So stocks are being valued based on what analysts and investors expect the company to do. So basically, and, it's crystal balls. It, totally. Yeah. And, uh, and then when a company doesn't perform when they when they in, announce their quarterly earnings and they didn't perform at the levels that the investors and analysts had projected then the stock needs to adjust for that so if uh, if apple doesn't sell as many iphones as analysts were expecting then the stock value is going to drop and it's not because apple failed they i mean they sold in, in this last quarter, they sold, what, what, what was it, like uh, 74.8 million iPhones? And that, that's crazy number of phones. But analysts had expected they would be selling like 75 million. So the value- For a few hundred thousand units, they get dinged. Right. And, th- and that's because the value of those phone sales was, was already taken into account in the stock. So when Apple didn't sell as many as analysts had projected, that means the stock wasn't worth quite what it was selling for. So then well, I'll tell to- you what, we'll explain more of this in our next segment with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on the nation's best 4G LTE network. Introducing PIX Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to PIX and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PIXWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X, wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Chronic inflammation is now known to block your ability to repair and compromises your immune system, making you more vulnerable to all diseases. Since poor diet, injuries, or stress are all contributing factors, many people suffer from inflammation. Your body's number one means of neutralizing inflammation and the pain that it may be causing is glutathione. Glutathione is the body's number one peptide to neutralize free radicals and thus stop inflammation. Hi, my name is Jason. I'm 44 years old. For 10 years, I have been suffering from chronic pain in my abdomen and groin that radiated down into my feet. After three weeks on One World Way, the pain in my feet reduced by 50% and the overall pain in my body reduced significantly significantly as well. I ran out of One World Way and the pain returned. I got another container and again, after three weeks, the pain reduced significantly throughout my body. I'd highly recommend One World Way to anyone dealing with chronic pain due to inflammation. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com.
So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle live with Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer, and he's trying to explain why prices on Wall Street will go up or down, and the price is based on guessing the future. If the guess is right, the price may go up. If the guess is wrong, even though it has no basis in anything, it's a fantasy world, the price goes down. There you go. I think you just summed up the stock market uh, quite succinctly. If you can take seriously certain talking points from certain politicians, which are known fantasies, known lies repeated over and over again, I guess Wall Street's your cup of tea. Of course, if you can make a lot of money in the market, more power to you. Yeah. And well, you know, as as long as you're doing it ethically, I I think, then more power to you. And some people you wonder here might be talking down Apple stock for that reason. But let's look at 2016. And there are stories now that Apple may go back to introducing a brand new four-inch iPhone called the iPhone 5SE or the iPhone 6C or something or other. Is there a compelling reason to do that? Do you think there's enough of a customer base who doesn't want the big iPhones? You know, I don't know if it's that there's a big enough customer base that wants a smaller screen iPhone. Maybe it's more that in emerging markets that the smaller screen iPhone, because it will cost less, will be an easier sell. But not that much less. It may be $100 less or something. Right. But, you know, I, I'm trying to find justification for the smaller iPhone. My, my gut feeling is there's not a market for this. But you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is. There, I there's think a lot there are some people who find the larger iPhones to be too large. I really do. Uh, you know, you're right. And it doesn't matter what size you make an iPhone. There's always going to be a segment of the market that thinks it's the wrong size. Uh, right. So, well, Apple, yeah. I think, is trying to hit like a medium-sized model, which is what the regular iPhone 6S is, and a phablet model, which is the iPhone 6S Plus. So maybe a compact or C model for those who really want something small. If you look at my wife's purses, Mm -hmm. the iPhone 5C, which is what she has now, is a perfect size. A larger iPhone, all right, I'll give her some more screen real estate. It would be inconvenient. Yeah, uh, I get that. I bought an iPhone 6 when uh, when that came out. So that's the 4.7-inch screen. And... uh, and people thought I was crazy because I didn't buy the 6 Plus with a 5.5-inch screen. That was way too big. And uh, and when the 6S came out, I got the 4.7-inch screen again. And that size is pushing the envelope for me. 
It's it's a little bit too big for my hand. For uh, for me, a cell phone, smartphone, needs to be fully usable with one hand. And the iPhone six and six S series, it's too big for for that. Just a little bit too big for that. Um, now that was one of the arguments that Phil Schiller made before Apple had a bigger iPhone to say, "Look how well it works with one hand." That was his argument, the one that you're posing now. But obviously, Apple had to set that aside because they were losing too many sales. Yeah, whatever Apple's reasoning was, yes, they had to set aside the one-handed use scenario. They they tried to make the iPhone 6 and 6S closer to one-hand a bowl by putting in the feature called reachability where where you double tap on the home button and the screen slides like halfway down. Uh, It's it's a clever feature. Uh, It doesn't fully address one-handed use, but, uh, but at least they were thinking about ways to make the phone more easily usable with one hand. In other words, they cared. Yes. Yeah. They they were thinking about the little details like that. All right. Let's look now at the Apple TV. And we're segueing into a wider discussion in a moment about set-top boxes. So Apple TV, as you said, if it had come from Roku or Amazon, be compelling. One of the criticisms made of it is a lack of 4K support, which the others have. Now, my argument about that is, and I think some of your people agree with me, is that there's another feature of 4K, which is now called Ultra HD Premium, which is a high color gamut and wider contrast that's very compelling and will deliver a more recognizable improvement even on smaller screen 4K sets. Mm -hmm. But it's not fully enabled even across the TV makers yet. They're just getting their feet wet with Ultra HD Premium. They just coined that standard in terms of at least a name for it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this year before you see Ultra HD Premium. It will start in the higher price sets, filtered down to the medium price sets. And what this means here is that previous 4K may be obsolete, more or less. So mm-hmm. Apple is doing what they did with LTE support, wait till the standards settle down, and then come up with an alternative. Yes, and Apple is not afraid to stay away from uh, from a standard or a technology that they think is is a, a bad investment. A uh, perfect example is Blu-ray. While every other computer maker was throwing Blu-ray into their into their computers and their laptops, Apple stayed away. Steve Jobs referred to Blu-ray as a bag of hurt. It's because of the complicated licensing, right? And uh, and so what uh, what they ended up doing was just skipping out on the Blu-ray thing altogether, and uh, that I think that's worked out fine for them. So seeing Apple kind of shy away from the whole uh, uh, 4K TV thing right now. It doesn't surprise me because there is so much changing in that space. And uh, and if they commit to something and it turns out to be the wrong thing to commit to, well, now, now they've, they've invested resources into a dead end. And 
Apple is not into dead ends. Let me make it practical. If you have a 4K set smaller than 55 inches and you're viewing it from more than seven or eight feet away, you won't see a difference. 4K will mean butkus to you. Right. And uh, and then the other side of that is, in comparatively speaking, the amount of 4K content that's available right now is relatively low. So... Just say low, not just relatively, but extremely low. In fact, hardly any of it from Amazon Instant Video or Netflix, a handful of things. Right now, we're still hearing about the implementation of 4K from the cable and satellite companies. Mm -hmm. There is very little produced that way. It's not that the raw product isn't being made in 4K. You know, how many of them are using... 27-inch 5K IMAX and Final Cut Pro 10 and editing 4K movies. They're doing it. But sure. that doesn't mean it's going to filter down to anyone. It may take years to have any decent amount of content. It's still the cart before the horse. Right now, the number of people who have 4K sets is in the single digits. And even then, if they do... It's not going to make much of a difference unless it has Ultra HD Premium, unless you have a really large 4K set. Right. So for now, not including 4K in Apple TV, I think is okay. Even though from a marketing standpoint, it it looks kind of bad because there are other products that are offering 4K support. But uh, you know, the bottom line is, so what? If there's no content for you to watch in 4K, having that built into your device doesn't matter. By the time we have 4K content available on the scale where it, it's actually really relevant like that, we may not be using 4K anymore. And you may very well have moved on to a different device. So, you know, a new Apple TV, a, a new Amazon Fire Stick, whatever. Well, the thing will also be that when and if Apple introduces a 4K version of Apple TV, they'll make a big deal of why it's being done and the advantage. I can see Phil Schiller showing you Ultra HD Premium. Look at the colors. Look at the contrast. This is what you don't get from those other people. We weren't going to give you something you could probably not see. We're giving you something where you can appreciate the advantages They'll make a big deal of it. You can bet that. We'll make a big deal of this. We have Jeff Gamut from the Mac Observer. And we have just three or four segments left with the show. We've got a lot more to cover, especially about set-top boxes and the FCC. You're going to want to hear about that. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. 
DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Are you sneezing, coughing, and aching? Do you have a sore throat, a fever, or the sniffles? There's no reason to be sick this cold and flu season with immune system support from Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver can give your body the help it needs to fight off harmful pathogens without hurting beneficial gut flora and without leaving behind resistant bacteria. Antibiotics can damage good microflora and often leave behind bacteria which can cause problems later on. If you're sick of being sick, try Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver, the number one choice of thousands for a safe and effective way to protect against the many diseases and illnesses that we are facing today. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com, read our customer reviews, and see the life-changing results that people are having. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Use the promo code PROTECTED for 20% off your entire order. And like us on Facebook, Supernatural Silver. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Announcement comes from the FCC. And let me preface it by this. We're normally used to getting a proprietary set-top box from your cable or satellite provider. There are Mm -hmm. exceptions because they've got this convoluted standard called cable card. And this supposedly allows you to get a third-party set-top box connected to your cable or satellite TV with, and the cable card is only for the cable, not the satellite, and be able to pick up their programming. But as we've heard, there are lots of horror stories where people try to get the cable card and you can't just go into the store or have it shipped to you like you can with a replacement SIM for your smartphone. Mm-hmm. Instead, someone's got to come to your house. Maybe they'll charge you for that. Set it up. If it doesn't work, well, that's tough. They have to come back again. I think this was mentioned in our previous segment involving Daring Fireball's John Gruber, where he deals with Comcast. And he had two tuners in his TiVo. Mm-hmm. And they would keep bringing him two cable cards. One would never work. But they wouldn't let him just keep the other one and then replace the one that was bad. They would keep demanding, we can't do that. We have to bring you two that work together. And it never happened. Which is they ridiculous, but yes. Sure. They don't have to be there. So, right. That standard was a screw-up. Now we have a statement from the chairman of the FCC, and you've been in touch with the FCC, Mm -hmm. so you can explain this to us. Supposedly to open up cable and satellite set-top boxes so you can get the service, but you don't have to spend $10 a month for the Comcast box or the Cox box or the Contour box box or or the Dish Hopper and the Genie from DirecTV. You don't have to do that. Buy whatever you want assuming there's a market for one, buy your TiVo, and it has to work. Right. Yeah, th- this is essentially the death of the cable card. 
Okay, so what the FCC is saying is that they want to create a new regulation that would force the the uh, content distributors like Comcast and Dish and Time Warner to to open up the technology that they use like for the cable cards and for their own set-top boxes so that anyone can tie into that. It's like a telephone. Your telephone can hook up to the AT&T network no problem as long as it mm-hmm. meets a certain basic set of standards. And the right. same thing is true with a lot of systems, but not with cable set-top boxes. So basically, he's talking about plug-and-play, right? You just simply have an international set of standards, just like, for example, cable modems mm-hmm. meets a DOCSIS standard, an international set of standards. So you don't have to have Cox's or Comcast cable modem. You buy anyone at Amazon, as long as it meets that basic standard, that international standard, it works like Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get your Wi-Fi router and it just makes a network for you. Yeah. All right, so so let's use Apple as the example in, in the FCC case. Apple could produce a new model of the Apple TV that has a coaxial connection on the back. At that point, you plug in the coax for your, for your cable connection, your satellite connection, whatever. The Apple TV recognizes who your uh, service provider is, and then uh, you, you probably have to input some account information, and then it's done. And, and at that point, you have a single box that has a unified interface that lets you access all of the streaming content that you have available, say, through the iTunes store, or if you have the like the HBO Now or Go app installed on your Apple TV, so now you can watch your HBO content and uh, through streaming. But then whatever channels you're paying for through your cable subscription you can watch those as well. And it doesn't matter where the content is coming from. Your Apple TV knows what it is. It knows how to, to show it to you. You can search and, uh, and find your content that you want to watch across everything that's available to you. Uh, you know, so your cable connection, the content that you have in your iTunes library, streaming content through the Apple Store uh, or through the other apps that you have installed, and it's all just there. It's available, and it just works. That's that's what uh, the FCC is going for here. So Apple can produce this amazing interface. And let's face it here. When it comes to a cable company, most of the stuff they're offering, and the satellite companies in the U.S., and I know the situation is very different overseas, but most of the content is the same. I'd say 98% of the content offered by all the cable and satellite providers is identical. You may have to get different packages. It's identical. Mm-hmm. So therefore, there should be no issue about grabbing that content. And why should the cable company care whether it's their interface or Apple's? They have a paying customer. They might get more paying customers this way, but we know they'll resist. Of course they'll resist. Part of that comes from the revenue they generate from forcing you to lease their set-top box. And uh, interesting little uh, little tidbit, the price that we pay monthly for our set-top boxes has risen 185% since 1994. Okay, now, it's now like, what, $10 a month? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 
Okay, so here's the point. They're getting $120 a year for you to lease their box. But that box obviously costs more than $120. Maybe it's three, $400 or something like that. So if you were to buy it, it would still take three or four years to pay for it. Is that worth it? Do they even make a profit from those things? Well, part of the profit comes in from lock-in. Because once you have your box from them, it's not like you can use it with any other service. Well, you do the same thing, though. If you're paying $10 a month for the dish box, and then you say, I don't want dish, you're fired. I've used up my agreement with you for 12 months or 24 months service. Goodbye, farewell, I'll go to DirecTV. I'll go to the local cable company. And, and they'll new charge box. you $10 a month for their box. Who cares? Right. Yeah. But yeah, from from a, from the content distributor standpoint, the idea of opening this up so that we can use whatever box we want is not cool. They do not like this idea at all. Because from, it makes it easier for you to switch. Sure. Number one. Number two, the other thing here is if you have programmed your cable box and you do some elaborate programming to get 25, 30 different shows with custom configurations. This begins a minute before I've got the season selected. You have to go through maybe a couple of hours of doing it with another service. It's not the same thing. It's not a uniform standard. If it's a uniform standard, then you go from Cox to DirecTV and you plug in your cable and you do your settings and everything you configured for recording shows via DVR it's already there, but that's the only shortcoming. You know, it still doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's. I, I think a lot of this comes down to lock-in. And But you're uh, not locked in. What locks you in is the two-year agreement or the one-year mm-hmm. agreement where you have to pay an early termination fee to get the special introductory rate. That's also, the lock-in, the box, who cares? The psychological side of it. The, these boxes are crappy. They're a pain in the butt to use. And the the amount of frustration and time we invest into getting them set up so that they hopefully work, in many cases, is a deterrent to uh, moving to another carrier. Now, I can go into a lot about that, which is very important. Yes, we understand the that issue. There is sort of a lock-in to set it up. But if your needs are not sophisticated, you just want to watch certain shows and time shift a few others. It's not such a big deal of moving from one to the other. Yes, the interfaces are different, but not mm-hmm. that different. I mean, they're fairly consistent in what the features can do. Right. So it's yeah, not and, really and that crappy. crazy. A better way to lock a customer in is to give them good service and a good price, stay competitive with the market, so you're not inclined to want to switch. That's the best way to have lock-in, not an artificial barrier with some kind of clumsy piece of equipment. We've got more to come with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edecdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. 
So we're talking about the FCC's proposal here, sure to be resisted by the cable and satellite companies to open up the standards for set-top boxes so you just have plug-and-play support. Make it easy for people to switch if they want to switch. So you talk about customer lock-in, but don't you also want to make it easy for new customers to come along? I mean, here's the situation. The growth, it's flattened. Mm-hmm. Droves of people aren't signing up to these services. They're cutting the cord. Millennials don't even care about it. Maybe they can't afford it, but they don't care about signing up with your cable or satellite system. They'll take Netflix. They'll take Hulu Plus. They'll take iTunes. They're not so invested as older people are. So are we seeing here that the cable and satellite companies are just not paying attention? I don't know if it's a thing about not paying attention or if it's a thing about being stuck in a business model that dates back uh, decades and they don't want to let go of because I have a feeling that they're making a lot of profit through the business model they have. And if you're, if you're a company and you're making a lot of money on something that doesn't cost you much to, to do, why would you want to give that up? But here is also the situation which is really bad about the current business model. And we're seeing this here, and I mentioned it in the previous segment, with the Phoenix area, all right? Now, one of the local TV stations here, Channel 6, it's a different channel number on different services, but it's normally Channel 6 on Cox, which is the CW Network, which is a network jointly owned by CBS and Warners. And it has programming that skews towards younger people. doesn't have the audience but they've got shows like The Flash and Arrow and now Legends of Tomorrow, which is a real romp. I had a lot of fun watching it. And, of course, the same producers who bring you Supergirl on CBS. All right. The problem is here that the local station, the local CW affiliate, was purchased by a new company. And they're negotiating with Cox, CenturyLink, Dish Network, DirecTV to carry the station, this carriage fee. Mm-hmm. And there's the threat that if they don't make an agreement, you suddenly won't be able to watch that program. Now, I don't know when you see the situation, and it happens all the time with agreements, with carriage agreements, where you suddenly see a situation here where you're paying the same money, but suddenly the stations on which you depend for your enjoyment or information or whatever, they're not there. And that's not working. That system isn't working. It's not that it happens a lot, but... Every single cable satellite system runs into that problem occasionally. Yep. What does the FCC do about customer convenience here? Shouldn't the FCC step in and say, you know what? It's all right for you to negotiate your price, but you can't stop that station inconvenience customers while you're negotiating. Just do what you have to do, unless you decide permanently not to carry that channel. If you decide, I'm not going to carry the channel anymore. That's fine. That's a business decision. But this intermediary ground where, for one reason or another, your cable satellite provider or your content provider can say, we're not going to let you see this content because we're arguing over a few billion dollars in the back room. Right. And salt in the wound, you don't get the channel for a few days or a couple weeks, but your cable subscription bill does not go down. So you're still paying for a channel. You know, I tend to think, though, that in this particular case, if you called your cable company and said, you know, 
I watch 10 channels. This is one of them. Give me a credit. They probably would if you give them a hard time. Sure, but they're not going to proactively do that. Of course not. They won't proactively give you a better deal when your contract is up. If you threaten, unless you threaten to leave, you threaten to leave. Look, I'm going to go to this company. They're offering me a better deal and they can give you all the arguments. Look, their set top box is as good as yours. I don't mind programming another one. It'll take me a couple of hours. Big deal. They're saving me money. You want my business? Give me a price cut. I'll tell you, they'll give you a price cut. They'll find a way. Yeah. Yeah, they will. I know that every year when my broadband service is up for renewal, uh, I call Comcast and ask them what deal they can get me. Because every, every time my contract is up for renewal, the price they quote me is always at least double what I'm currently paying. So I call them on the phone and talk with them. And next thing you know, I have a deal that's actually appropriate again. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. Well, it's almost like dealing with a car dealer. You know, you go to the car dealer and he says, okay, this car is going to be $27,800. Your monthly payment is 500 and a quarter, depending on your credit rating. And now you say, I don't know, that's a little too high. You know, we can bring that monthly payment down to 475. We'll finagle a few figures here. We'll sell you the car at 26.2. There's always a way. It's like the Persian Bazaar. There's, yeah, there's always a way. Yeah, we got such a deal for you. <laughs> All right. So we know the FCC is making this proposal. Anything else about it that we'd like to know? Well, the, the big thing for the FCC is that they want to open this up for competition, for a better consumer experience, and for lower consumer prices. So instead of having to spend that $10 a month on your cable box, you could spend, let's call it $120, so one year's worth of rental on your, on your cable box, and get a unified device that lets you watch all your cable, all your streaming content, and do it with a much better interface. Yeah, so, so this, after talking with the FCC, I, I really feel this, this is all about doing something good for consumers. And, and something that's been too, longer overdue. If the consumer enjoys the experience more with that provider, they wouldn't be so inclined to leave. Right. Yeah. This doesn't preclude you still leasing a cable or set-top box from your cable provider. And it doesn't stop them from selling third-party products. Make a profit off it. Okay. If Apple has it, we'll sell the Apple TV. If Apple gives us a franchise, we'll sell the Samsung, the Samsung Galaxy set-top box. Yeah. The new TiVo, the new Roku, whatever. Yeah. Make money from that. What's the difference? It's money. You know, I'm being very, as they say, greedy about this. What difference does it make to them if they lease you a box that they make, that somebody else makes, or sell you a box? The thing here is, if you're happy with that box, then what's the reason to switch to another service as long as you're price competitive? You price match. Okay, we'll price match anyone out there. So stay with us. Yeah, you know, I think part of it also is the whole thing about wanting to keep uh, customers in expensive package bundles. Because if you can get like the just the basic package that has the the over the air channels and and a few other basic channels to go with it, and then turn to uh, uh, internet streaming services for the rest of the content you want to watch then your cable company 
is uh, very likely getting less money out of you every month than they otherwise would if you if you felt that the only reasonable way to get your content was through the box releasing you. We have Jeff Gabbard of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edcdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer, can communicate information, and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We are exploring at length the FCC's proposal here, which seems very rough right now, to allow you to use whatever set-top box you want with your cable or satellite provider based, obviously, presumably on an open standard, which would seem to me a very good idea. But the other argument, which is really what gets difficult, is whether we should make the cable companies unbundle the channels you get. Like, how many of you have that same phrase of frustration 300 channels and nothing to watch. Right. The worst thing is, Jeff, Mm -hmm. is that the way it's set up now, say you only want to watch 10 channels or 12, you may have to go through several tiers to get the ones you want, which means you have to buy a lot more. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you add in a couple of the premium channels, suddenly it's $150 again. Yeah, this is part of the reason why I dumped my cable subscription years ago and uh, and have been doing streaming content ever since. It's cheaper for me to pay for broadband internet and buy or rent content off the iTunes store, have a Netflix streaming subscription, and Amazon Prime. Now, I think one of the satellite providers, I think it's Dish Network, is now offering as part of the package Netflix. So you can get your Netflix That's really smart. Fill and the 300 channels they offer that where you have only 10 to watch. Yeah, I think that's a really smart move. Uh, Comcast, they're trying to do something like that to compete, where they, they're offering their own streaming content service that's Netflix-ish. And when they call me every couple months and, and try and convince me to add television service to my package, they bring up that they have their own streaming content, just like Netflix. Right, you know who we can credit that to? A guy named Charlie Ergen, who's the co-founder and chairman of the board for Dish Network. Mm-hmm. I mean, he comes up with some pretty good ideas. Now, I have to say that one of his ideas, or the ideas of his team I don't like so much, it's the Dish Hopper, where supposedly you're able to automatically skip commercials, but also forces you to record shows you don't even care to watch. Yeah, that, that doesn't screwy. seem like a, a good plan to me. At least from a consumer standpoint. Right. But at least the guy's doing different things. Yes. And and I do appreciate that he's that he's trying different things. Exactly. And also the other thing here is that he has problems with some of his side activities like his donations to political parties. I think he donates to Democrats. And some of his stuff has come under investigation. The point is here, maybe I don't know if he's the equivalent of the uncarrier guy from t-mobile but the point is to shake up the business and they're promising by the way a box 
that'll support 4K. It's not out yet. All right. Well, good for them. It'll be great to see the three shows that you can get in 4K on their system. Hey, at least it's something. But it, that right. also that also is a good idea there where if you can't beat them, join them, offer Netflix as part of your package. Keep the customer. Oh, you want Netflix? We'll give it to you for a year free. And after that, you know, we'll, we'll bundle it in. You'll pay for it the normal way. But this way, you don't need mm-hmm. a special box. It all comes with our set-top box. You don't have to buy anything else. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a great business move on their part. Bundling everything together like that. Now, picture being able to buy a television, a smart TV, that is uh, cable set-top box compatible. So instead of having to get uh, you know a, a Roku, an Apple TV, or, or a Fire Stick, whatever, you just plug the cable directly into your television, and you have all of your cable channels or satellite channels. You have Netflix streaming, you have Amazon Prime, you have Hulu. Everything's already built in. You see, at once upon a time, in the old days when you had 12 channels or five, that's what happened. You had your TV set, and you turned the channel, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And even in the early days of cable, it would be merged with that. And then as soon as they added digital cable and all this other stuff, suddenly you had to have the extra box. So this is like going back to the past. Oh, yeah. I was talking with someone about this earlier today. They were shocked to find that people needed to have cable boxes. And they said, isn't that like 1985? And they, it's because they, they hadn't been dealing with a cable subscription for a while, and they just assumed boxes were gone. Well, it is an extra appliance. On the other mm-hmm. hand, even if we don't have that, the problem with the TV, smart TV system is that it's frozen in time. You buy a TV set, and I guess you get software updates for your smart service, and that's okay for a couple of years. But five years from now, everything's going to be different, but you still have, it's like having a five-year-old Apple TV. The only yep. way to replace your smart feature, unless you have some kind of built-in module, is to buy a new TV set. Right. An average uh, span between new TV purchases in the United States is seven years. Okay. So, so my set's about three years old. All right. So you still have a few years before, before the consumer market expects you to buy a new one. They'd like you to buy it more quickly because TV sales are falling slightly. Yes, they are. Yeah, companies have, over the past few years, been getting out of the television market. And it's because of the declining sales. It's not so profitable anymore either. All right, so let's go back to the open standard for set-top boxes. Where does it go? Does the FCC manage to get this to work? I mean, they have the power. They do. Uh, this goes to a vote uh, before the, the full commission on February 18th. And Commissioner Wheeler is pushing really hard to get this approved. I don't know if there's any real resistance inside the FCC, uh, you know, as far as the commission voting panel goes. Uh, but it looks like the the big distributor companies, Comcast, Time Warner, Dish, they aren't liking this idea. So I'm sure they are lobbying very heavily right now to get this shot down. And I hope that doesn't happen because I think this this is really big and really exciting for consumers. 
Well, the thing here is they could, I suppose, sue. But, you know, that would be pretty crazy. Yeah. But what's going to happen here? They approve it. There will be, what, a 120-day comment period or something. And then it would go into effect. So supposedly if they approved it now by the 2017 models, they would have to open up their standards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that time frame is. I'm assuming that the FCC wants to move forward aggressively with this, so it wouldn't surprise me to see, assuming this is approved, in time for the holiday buying season 2017, you'll be able to pick up a, a, a unified set-top box from from Apple, from Google, from Amazon, whoever, that lets you watch your streaming content and your cable TV at the same time, or from the same box. And as I said, I think... In the end, if the cable companies wake up, they'll realize, yes, maybe it makes it somewhat easier for customers to leave. But it also means that if we make them happier, oh, we've got my Apple box or my Android box or whatever the heck I have. We make them happier. They stay with us. And isn't that what you really want? That is what they want. But what they, but they, re- what they really want is to have us and all our own money. Well, that's just too bad. But they'll get more <laughs> yep. of your money if they allow things like that to happen. Yeah, they, they need to be looking more towards the future and how they can uh, uh, really take advantage of where the market is going as opposed to uh, digging in their heels and fighting tooth and nail to keep a decades-old uh, business model that isn't appropriate anymore. Well... Conversely, the entertainment companies still have problems. Obviously, Apple is not doing so well in being able to put forth its TV subscription service. I mean, we know it exists because the president of CBS said so, and nobody shut him down. We've got more to come with Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com my dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Today, more than ever, it's imperative that you protect your digital privacy. EDEC Digital Forensics Signal Blocking Anti-Radiation Anti-Surveillance Faraday Bags shield the contents of your phones, tablets, and key fobs from 4G, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, NFC, and more. Find us at edecdf.com slash radio or call us now at 805-222-4584. That's 805-222-4584. Radio listeners get 20% off your order. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutral the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we're talking here about the FCC proposal to open up the set-top box standards. We're kind of migrating to Apple's presumed plans for subscription TV. So it's CBS and ESPN admitting talks have happened, but still stagnant. What are the issues? Is it partly unbundling all those various channels? It's all about the contracts and getting the deals in place so that they can unbundle this content that we have to buy in what I'll call the old school model. And there's a lot of players in this game. So you have to deal with the major network, like the parent network. You have to deal with the various cable and satellite 
providers. Then you also have to deal with the affiliate stations that that are broadcasting content as well. Now, I and, heard one report here mm-hmm. where supposedly Apple would deal with the networks who would then work on behalf of the local stations. But I would think the local channels want you to watch their local broadcast, their news. And if they can get on Apple TV subscription service, do it. Sure. I'm assuming that the local affiliates all want to to be seen as well. I think the problem is the terms that the various affiliates want. That gets really complicated when you're trying to sort out a deal that works for everyone. I'm guessing so far, Apple hasn't been able to make that happen. Well, at the very least, if they can't make that happen, maybe this set-top box standard will give them an alternative. There are also reports this week that you might have read about where Apple may be wanting to originate their own programming, like Netflix does with House of Cards, now going into its fifth season next year, Daredevil, etc., Amazon Instant Video with The Man in the High Castle, all that. Apple wants to get into that, not starting a movie studio, but working with independent producers. Yeah, this isn't the first time we've heard this rumor. It's been coming up over and over for a few years now. Uh, This time, however... It seems like a more plausible idea than it did in the past. Whether or not Apple really is trying to put together a deal like that, we don't know yet because Apple isn't talking. But I could see, considering the way the market is today, where Apple would want to get into that game because that's the thing that really at least right now, is setting the different streaming services apart. If you want to watch Man in the High Castle, you have to have Amazon Prime. If you want to watch Daredevil, Jessica Jones, or Sense8, you have to have Netflix. It's just how it is. Apple could do the same thing. They could come up with their their own content that they're buying and showing exclusively. And now if you want those shows, how about a Firefly revival? Available only on, on Apple That would sell a lot of Apple TV subscriptions. Now, that is something that I think a lot of people would be interested in. And you have to think the people who were on that show, all gone elsewhere. Mm -hmm. We have Gina Torres, who's married to Lawrence Fishburne. Did you know that? Yes. She is on Suits, where she plays Mm -hmm. the general managing partner of a legal firm. And Nathan Fillion is on Castle. And that's at a Mm -hmm. point where it's nearing the end of its run, I think. Uh Uh-huh. So occasionally he's brought on one or two of the other people from Firefly. So I suspect all these people are friendly. From what I understand, they are all uh, very friendly on on very good terms. So it wouldn't surprise me if the right deal came along that Joss Whedon and the actors would be willing to find a way to make it work. Obviously, they play characters who are 10 years older, but look what's happening with X-Files. X-Files is right. getting great ratings. First two episodes, we understand one was after an NFL championship game, so ratings were inflated, despite the inconvenience of recording it because it started a half hour later. But the next day, the ratings were still quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know some people that didn't like it. That's okay, whatever. I've had a chance to watch that first episode, and it felt like I just jumped back into an old X-Files episode. And I realize it was heavily criticized, 
but he did yes, it, it to get everyone involved in the mythology and reacquaint them. And then they had kind of a standalone episode the next week. And I understand the episode that will air a couple of days after the show airs will even be better. But if it keeps up the ratings, it is inevitable there will be more episodes ordered, maybe a second season. I don't think they're going to do 22 episodes anymore. I think shows like that work best if it's six or 12 episodes, because when you have to do 22 episodes, the drain on your creativity is tremendous, and you have a lot of filler put in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I watched X-Files religiously when it was originally on, even though I loved each season, absolutely loved each season. There's a lot of filler in there. Yeah. I like the idea of six-episode mini-seasons. Well, in Great Britain, it's 10 or 12 episodes. Sure. And a lot of people are doing that now. And I think it also gives more flexibility to get a wider range of actors because they don't have to give up their entire year. I mean, you look at, for example, they have a 20-episode order for Supergirl. And you got to think the work they've got to do to make every episode, and we can say that the effects are a little cheesier than movies, but they're doing this every week. And those people got to be exhausted as anything. Oh, sure. Any of these superhero shows, that's heavily dependent on special effects, Flash, Arrow, any of that stuff. These performers are in there every week and remaining supposedly cheerful. I can't imagine how they do it. I think we've got to see more of the 12 or 6-episode series. It becomes more of an event. And maybe, therefore, you allow for more of them. You allow for a wider Mm -hmm. range of performers who don't want to give up their entire year, regardless of money, to do a TV series. Yep. And I kind of like what uh, Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss have been doing with Sherlock, the BBC Sherlock, where it's three episodes. Each one is essentially a standalone movie. And so you, you get three episodes and then you get another season, maybe not in a year, but maybe in two and, uh, it and that way, of course, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch can be Doctor Strange. Right. Or Khan in Star Trek. All right, the less said, the better of that. But he's a great actor. It doesn't matter. But in contrast, the American counterpart, Elementary, and he's a friend of the guy who plays Sherlock. They're both very good friends. Yes, they, they did uh, Frankenstein on stage together. Right. Johnny Lee Miller. Imagine the kind of work he's got to do here, where basically that's his entire life, whereas his friend Benedict, he can go off and do movies, and he can go off and do stage plays. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Stephen Moffat is leaving as showrunner for Doctor yes. Who. I mean, it's exhausting. Give somebody else a chance. Sure. Yeah, there's a rumor, not confirmed, that uh, Peter Capaldi will leave the show when Stephen Moffat does. Well, it's understandable. That's a lot of work, and it's nice to have a new actor play that role and bring different things to it. Jeff Gamet, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. Oh, sure. Well, you can find me over at MacObserver.com, where I'm writing about anything that even remotely relates to Apple, along with a bunch of other really amazing and talented writers. You can find me on a bunch of podcasts, including Mac Observer's Daily Observations. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamet. And if you want to see weird or fun, depending on your perspective, photographs, then uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm Jay Gambit there, too. You see, he has no time for life. No, I really don't. I have no life either, but you can find me on Twitter, where I'm known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook, the guy with the plaid shirt, that old plaid shirt that I still have. 
<sighs> More than likely, he's me. We've got a second radio show called The Paracast at Paracast.com. And this week, we're going to talk to a fellow named Alejandro Rojas. He is the managing person, the MC behind something called the International UFO Congress. How about them apples? Right? Yeah, that's interesting. Paracast.com. That's going to be in Fountain Hills, Arizona in February. And by the way, we have a second feature of this show that we want you to check out. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. We offer the ad-free version of this show where we cut out the 41 minutes of network ads, give you higher quality audio, and more for a low monthly annual five-year, even a lifetime subscription rate. Go to plus.technightowl.com. Jeff Gamet, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me on. It's always a blast to get to, to just hang out and talk with you. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.